Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Vibrancy with ADHD. You are listening to episode four, Moderation is a Learned Skill. So I am so excited to dive into this topic today because moderation is basically the cornerstone of my business. (laughs) So before I started talking about ADHD, I was working with women who had done a lot of diets, done the yo-yoing back and forth thing with their weight, and the best skill that I could teach them was moderation and just learning how to eat foods that we love in moderation, hello sugar, has been so helpful in transforming my relationship with food and many of my clients' relationship with food and just the way that they look at eating and their body and fitness and health in general. So I'm super excited to dive into that today. But before we do that, let's talk about our hyper-focus of the week, or I guess I should say my hyper-focus of the week. Reminder, if you're new here, the hyper-focus of the week is the thing that I am obsessed with this week. And sometimes it's a product, sometimes it's an actual hyper-focus, like an activity that I'm obsessing over and that I spend all my time with, but sometimes it's just something useful that I want to share with you. So this week, let's talk about the Google Calendar. And you've probably heard of Google Calendar unless you've been living under a rock, (laughs) but I had heard about it for years before I actually used it in a useful way. So I'm going to quickly share with you how I use my Google Calendar. I pulled up my Google Calendar right now so I could look at it and share with you. So I have noticed that I have two kinds of weeks, right? There are the weeks where I write out my full to-do list and I get like two of those things done. (laughs) And then there are other weeks where I get so much done. I'm like, yes, I checked off 20 out of 23 things on my to-do list. I am killing it this week. So productive. Go me. And the biggest difference between those two weeks that I've noticed, the consistent difference is that the weeks that I put my schedule and my to-dos into my Google Calendar, those are the weeks where I actually get shit done. (laughs) So I want to share this with you because I've heard lots of people say this and I was really against it for a really long time because I didn't trust myself enough to follow through with the schedule that I created, but it's so helpful and I'll tell you why. Number one, you don't have to follow through with the schedule you created, perfectly perfect. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's necessary. But what I do is every week I start with my big to-do list of however many things I need to do. And then 
I will take those to-dos and I will plug them into my Google Calendar. So first I'll, first I'll go through and put in things that like I need to do and that are necessary for my physical and mental health. For example, uh, exercise, rest, eating food, self-care, meaning like basic self-care, like shower and things like that. I'll put that stuff in first and then I'll fill in the rest of the time with the to-dos that I had. And for whatever reason, it just helps me, it gives me just that much more urgency to actually get the tasks done and it helps me actually do them. It puts some structure to my days and it has been so helpful. And as if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you also have ADHD. So you might benefit from this strategy, or at least could be something that you could try something to add into your toolbox to try. So that is my hyper focus of the week. And let's dive into today's topic. P.S. Total side note, I just had to pause my recording and put my dog outside of the room because she was snoring so loud. So if you heard some snoring in the background, that's what that was. (laughs) Okay, so the topic of the day. Today we're going to be talking about moderation. And what sparked me recording this episode is the fact that I did a poll on my Instagram stories and I asked everybody, people with ADHD, if they struggle with sugar. And if they struggle to moderate the amount of sugar that they eat, and if they have a hard time with sugar in general. And it was an overwhelming yes. People with ADHD struggle a lot with sugar. And somebody even messaged me and said that they ate an entire cheesecake the night before because they just couldn't stop. And oh my gosh, can I relate to that, right? So I wanted to talk about moderation and is moderation possible for those of us with ADHD? And if it is, how do we learn how to eat things in moderation that we really love, right? So as somebody who has gone from being a person who had a very all or nothing thinking pattern with food to somebody who now eats mostly healthy quote unquote healthy, nutritious foods, but can eat the foods that I really love in moderation, I want to share what I know about this topic with you because it is possible if you have ADHD to be able to do this. So I believe that eating foods we love in moderation is actually a learned skill. And this is the opposite of what we hear a lot of the time, right? We hear that these foods are highly processed and they are not meant to be eaten in moderation and it's not your fault that you can't control yourself around them, which I agree, you know, they are highly palatable. They are highly processed. They There are certain foods that we are more likely to continue eating past fullness. That's just undoubtable, right? Like we don't have the same urge with broccoli as we do with pizza or chocolate cake or something else like that. So I do think that that is true. It is harder to moderate with certain foods, but I don't think that that means it's impossible. And in fact, in my in my experience, when I cut out a food completely, that is when I start having horrible struggles with it, right? So I'll go over kind of my history with this in a little bit. But before we dive too deep into this episode, I want to say that there is an episode that I recorded that is kind of a precursor to this. Because at the end of this episode, I'm going to be giving you a strategy for how you can implement moderation into your life. But 
there are a couple things that have to come first before you try this strategy. So I recorded two episodes. It was actually a two-part episode about the connection between ADHD and overeating. And if you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes, whether you stop this podcast here and go back now or you listen to them at a later date, please, please, please go back and listen to those episodes and absolutely implement the things that I was talking about in that episode first. So what I talked about in that episode was that ADHD, with ADHD, we do have some tendencies that lend themselves to overeating and we can have the tendency to overeat. And I outlined in that episode, which I will link both of them in the show notes, there was a part one and a part two. And the part two is where I outlined the solutions to overeating with ADHD. I want you to try those four things first. Before you try the strategy I'm going to give you in this episode, do those four things first. So I will quickly outline them here so that you can know if you are already doing these things or not. And number one is to make sure that you are eating enough and often enough. So make sure you are eating enough food. Okay, if you're not doing this, then it could be likely that you might not be able to achieve moderation simply because your body is screaming for more food, right? That is a biological response when we're not giving our body enough calories. It will tell us to eat way more calories than we think we should. Although if we're not giving it enough calories, it really is what it needs, right? Our bodies always know best. So number one, eating enough and eating often enough. Number two, make sure you're getting proper treatment for your ADHD, whatever that is for you. So if that's medication, if that's therapy, I don't care what that is, but as long as you are getting some form of treatment for your ADHD, this is so important as well, because if we're not doing this, then there also might be a biological reason why moderation would be extremely difficult. And that reason is dopamine. We don't produce enough dopamine in our brains as people with ADHD. Therefore, our brain might just be screaming for dopamine, which we can get in food. And if we're not treating our ADHD properly, our brain is going to be craving dopamine constantly. And it's just going to be an uphill battle. Moderation is going to be really, really hard. Okay, so that's number two. Number three in that episode, I talked about making sure you have satisfying food readily available. That's just kind of a strategy to help with overeating and moderation and eating balanced meals in general to make sure that in those moments where we waited way too long, we have something satisfying, right? Something with protein and carbs and veggies and healthy fats, right? That's readily available to eat. And number four in that episode, I suggested trying to... Find alternative ways to get dopamine other than just food. So in that episode, I gave a strategy called using a dopamine menu. And this is a great way, a great thing that you can use to to help you learn that you can totally use food to get dopamine. But if it's your only strategy, I think that's when we kind of get into trouble. So we want to have some other ways that we can get dopamine as well. So those are the four things I outlined in that episode. Again, I highly recommend you listen to those that episode and start there. Those four things are like the cornerstones that are going to help you be able to get to this point where you can learn moderation with the foods you love, like sugar, okay? And if you've tried all of these things, you are consistently doing all of these things, you're eating enough, you're getting treatment for your ADHD, you are 
you are you have other ways to get dopamine and you are making sure you have satisfying food ready and available. If you've done all of these things and you still struggle with moderation, so for example, if you eat one piece of candy, you're going to end up eating the entire bag and feeling sick to, the, to your stomach. Or you can't just have one chip. You have to keep going and keep going and keep going. If that's the case for you and you are doing all those four things consistently, it is a possibility that overeating is a habit that you ha- and you haven't yet learned the skill of moderation and you haven't yet practiced the skill of moderation enough to be an expert at it. And that is okay. I want to start by saying that is okay. Please don't judge yourself for this. I I know that that's easier said than done, but if it makes you feel any better, I just learned the skill of moderation myself like maybe two and a half years ago, and I would say I just became excellent at it maybe a year ago, and only in the past three months with getting treatment for my ADHD and even knowing that I had ADHD has it become just that much better, okay? So if you're not there yet, it is okay. There's lots of things that have to be in place in order to be able to build up to learning the skill of moderation. And I do want to take a moment to address the the culture that we live in and how we look at food as a whole and why moderation may be an option you've never even thought about yet, right? In the culture we live in today, the mainstream sources of nutrition information, so people like Dr. Oz or concepts like clean eating or programs like the Whole30 or 75 Hard. A lot of these programs are set up in a way that it does appeal to our all or nothing desires as somebody with ADHD, right? Our all or nothing tendencies. They seem like it'll be really awesome, right? Because it's like all in, you don't eat sugar for 30 days. For 75 days, you're being the most intense version of yourself, right? And we love this. This sounds like so exciting, right? And if you haven't listened to the episode about all or nothing thinking with ADHD, then if you're relating to what I'm saying, then I would definitely listen to that episode as well. But Essentially, what we're being taught in nutrition and what we're seeing right now is a lot of all or nothing thinking. And then there's also this new dynamic, not brand new, but relatively new to the mainstream of intuitive eating. And that's on the other side. And that is like completely letting yourself have whatever you want whenever you want it and just completely trusting your body. And for a lot of us, that feels terrifying as well, right? Because it's like, no, if I trusted my body, all I would do was eat Oreos all day, right? So there's not a whole, whole lot of people that are preaching, or I guess I shouldn't say preaching, maybe teaching is a better way to say it, teaching that there's an option in the middle, right? And that there's an option in the middle where we are mostly eating nutritious foods that are nourishing our body, but we're eating the foods that we love and we know how to do it in moderation. We can eat half a cookie and put the rest of it back down, right? And I say this because this is something that I used to say I was not this type of person. I used to say, I can't do that. That's for you. That's not for me. And now I am the type of person who is that person who can eat half a cookie and put it back down. And I've learned how to do this and I've taught lots of other women how to do this as well in my coaching practice. So with the culture that we live in today and 
with the kind of two sides of this argument, I will be honest, when I first came to the concept of food freedom and being able to eat the foods I love and enjoy in moderation, I like maybe became a bit of a snob about it. (laughs) Because of my personal experiences, I believed that there was nobody who could actually stick to such rigid measures, right? Like these things like Whole30 and 75 Hard and clean eating and all this stuff. I believed that nobody could ever stick to this and they must be lying and like secretly binging on sweets and pizza on the weekends or like you know, just not showing when they eat those things. And there's totally still a part of me that thinks this (laughs) because I just can't understand it. But now I can more so recognize that each unique humans, like the experiences that have built them up in their life and the different the different cards that they've been handed, those all add up to your own personal experience and philosophy with food, right? So each person's background with food, their relationship to food, their experience with dieting, their experience with possible food scarcity, their personal genetics, possible neurodiversities, their personality, all of this stuff combines together to make your philosophy with food and what works specifically for you. So I say this to say I like to live my life in moderation, right? And I live in this very moderate gray world where I am eating all kinds of foods, right? But I also just want to say, if you have ever felt judged by me because you love keto or Whole30 or 75 Heart or any of these things and you felt like I've picked on you, I do want to say I'm sorry. (laughs) I want to take a moment to apologize because I was projecting my experiences onto you. And that's not cool, right? Everybody's experience is completely different and therefore their philosophy is completely different, different. And So you're going to be hearing millions of different ways of what is the quote unquote right way to do things, right? Right way to eat. What is the right way to exercise? But if it doesn't ring true to you or feel good to you, then feel free to move on and try something that does ring true to you and feel good to you. I'm starting to recognize that it's all in our own personal experiences. Everybody reacts to different things, different ways, right? And Let's talk about my personal concoction of experiences that has led to where I am today, right? So my personal concoction, what, what should we call it? Should we call it my recipe? My recipe that led up to my relationship with food and where I am today includes, but it's not limited to, growing up in a thin obsessed culture, right? Which consequently meant growing up in a diet obsessed household, which consequently meant that I had picked up a lot of disordered eating habits, right? That's one piece of my my recipe. And then another piece is having undiagnosed ADHD for 30 years, right? And that piece means that I struggle with impulse control and I have this all or nothing thinking like we talked about a few episodes ago. And All of this kind of combined together, it meant for me personally that restrictive diets and eliminating whole food groups does just does not work for me, right? Because I wanted to be this all or nothing person, and more specifically, I wanted to be the person that was all in. But 
that just didn't work for me. So I ended up being not in at all, right? And I talked about this a lot in the all or nothing episode. And that meant a lot of experiences with binging and like I said, impulse control, just not a good time, right? So I felt that I was just the type of person, like once you pop, you just can't stop, right? Do you guys remember that commercial? AKA eating one bite of a cake means that I'm eating the whole cake or I'm eating until I hurt, right? But one day I woke up and I realized if I never learned how to eat foods that I loved in moderation, I would always struggle with my weight. I would go back and forth. My weight would yo-yo up and down forever because the cycle was so ingrained in me, right? So I took the time to learn how to eat the foods I love in moderation because it is a learned skill, just like reading or writing or riding a bike. And I want to teach you how to do it as well. So that's my experience, right? (laughs) But I also do have a theory about us ADHDers, okay? And and I'll be honest, this, this episode's kind of all over the place, so I hope you're following. Normally, my... Normally, my outlines are pretty organized. I feel like this one is really all over the place. So I hope you're following. But the good thing is I feel like people with ADHD actually can follow my train of thought and they're they're all over the place just like me. So you're my people. You get it, right? So my theory is with, with us ADHDers is that with food, if we try to eliminate the things that we really love, nine times out of 10, it's just going to backfire and backfire really freaking hard. It's going to throw us into that all or nothing thinking cycle with food and really just leave us stuck in that binge restrict cycle, right? So we restrict, restrict, restrict until we can't do it anymore and we binge. And when we fully eliminate foods we love, our brain is going to throw a hissy fit for dopamine, especially if this is our favorite way to get dopamine. So Another thing with ADHD, though, is it's also important to eat in a way that's balancing blood sugar because blood sugar roller coasters, which is when your blood sugar is raising up high and dipping really low, this can make our symptoms worse, right? So because of these two things, I believe that a mix of intuitive and intentional eating is ideal for those of us with ADHD. So we're eating intentionally to maintain health and a comfortable body weight, as well as we're eating foods that we love and we learn how to do it in moderation. So as always, I kind of like to tell you some personal examples from my life. So let's talk a little bit about my relationship with sugar. Since I started off this episode talking about that poll I did on Instagram about sugar. So for me, the hardest thing to keep in moderation and to eat in moderation has always been sugar, okay? I am like, I used to consider myself a sugar addict. (laughs) And I've always heard that if you eliminate sugar, you'll stop craving it, right? (laughs) I've also heard this for carbs. For me, this is the exact opposite of my lived experience. And for those of you that are skeptics, and you're going to ask, well, did you do it for long enough? You need to do it longer than a week to really see results or to really feel the difference. Yes, I did it for long enough. I believe the longest time I period of time I eliminated sugar was a full month, meaning not one ounce of sugar passed my lips for a month, okay, during the whole 30. And I 
white knuckled my way through the whole 30. Like I'm like squeezing my hands right now to show how much I white knuckled my way through those 30 days. I actually thinking back now, don't even know how I did it because I have no desire to do that today. But I, th- I did it because I thought eventually I would stop craving it. Like everybody said that I would, but I didn't. I got to the end of the 30 days and I binged on sugar and alcohol and a bunch of other stuff, (laughs) but I binged so hard. And I will also say throughout that whole 30, I don't think there was one second of one day that I was not thinking about sugar. I was thinking about it constantly, which is why like I just like woke up every single day being like, how many minutes until this challenge is over? I hate it so much, right? So when I did eliminate sugar, what I was told would happen, being that I would stop craving sugar, never happened for me. It didn't work for me. And I'm not saying that to say that it doesn't work for other people. I think it actually does. And this is what where my understanding has come in more recently, being that, you know, Different different strokes for different folks. It's just so true. Everybody is different, and I know that the Whole30 works for lots of people, and they believe this, but you also have to know that if it hasn't worked for you, there are other options or you know, elimination, eliminating the things that you enjoy. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. So fast forward to now, and let's talk about, I guess, for lack of a better term, my transformation, right? Now, sometimes I have sugary creamer in my coffee, which I am drinking right now, by the way. I found this creamer that is Cocoa Pebbles flavored. So you bet that I got that. So sometimes I have sugar in my coffee. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I will have just some nut pods, which I've talked about on another episode, which I really enjoy. Sometimes I'll have just half and half. Sometimes I will have stevia or a full sugar creamer, right? Like these the cocoa pebble creamer I was talking about. Sometimes I, I also, now I have a sweet treat daily. Sometimes it's cereal, sometimes a square of chocolate, sometimes ice cream, sometimes a cookie. It's like whatever it is. Sometimes jelly beans, candy. And the point I want to make is yes, I eat sugar every day, but but I hardly ever think about sugar. Hardly ever. I used to, whenever I would eliminate sugar, think about it non-stop. It was a constant battle. It was a constant white knuckling until the moment that I finally caved and ate something. And then I ate so much. Now I just eat little bits of sugar here and there. And my cravings for sugar are so minimal. And I really like sweet things. I like sweet food. But honestly, I feel like I could take it or leave it. Like it's not this big dramatic experience like it used to be. It used to be this like obsession, right? And now it's just not that big of a deal. Like if I were to tell myself that I couldn't have my my treat today that I normally have, it would be no big deal because it's not that hard for me. It doesn't have so much weight anymore. It's just easier. That's the only way to put it is it's just easier. So are there times that sometimes I overeat on sugar or I have more cravings for sugar? Absolutely. I'm human. And there's totally times that I'm not perfect, right? I don't want to claim to be perfect. The difference is that now it's more of a choice, right? So I'll give you an example from this past weekend. I was at a crawfish boil, okay? P.S. Do you know what a crawfish boil is? Because I 
I live in like the deep south of the United States. And before I moved to the deep south, I didn't know what a crawfish boil was. I think I like kind of knew what it was, but not really. And now I go to them all the time. But anyways, that's a story for another day. I was just curious if you guys know what a crawfish boil is. But I went to a crawfish boil and I'm not really a big crawfish girl, I'll be honest. And if anybody I know hears that, I feel like I'll get shunned, but I'm willing to take that risk. So I'm not a big crawfish person. And the only other thing at the crawfish boil was a small charcuterie board with a couple things and cookies, okay? And I was like, ooh, those cookies look good. So I had half of the one of the cookies and it was delicious. Like, you know one of those cookies that are really pretty and like it has a pretty design on it and whatnot? Those normally aren't that good, but this one was so good. So guess what I did? I went back and I had the other half. And then I went back and I had another half of the cookie. And then I went back and had the half of that cookie, right? So I had like, I ended up having two whole cookies, right? But I don't feel guilty about that. That is okay. I made the choice that I wanted to eat those cookies instead of crawfish, which I don't really like, right? But it wasn't this out of control thing where I just couldn't control myself and just kept eating cookies, 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 right? And then later felt guilty for it. And honestly, those moments are so rare nowadays that it doesn't impact my body weight. It doesn't impact my overall health. It's just not a big deal anymore. It's not a battle. So I want to teach you how I have gone from the person who was obsessed with sugar, thinking about it 24 hours a day, whenever I ate it, I had to eat all the sugar, to the person that I am now, which is who I just explained to you. Who sugar, well, sugar is like not that big of a deal. I can eat three jelly beans and then move on. I have candy sitting out on my counter. I have like 15 different kinds of sweets in my pantry and I'll eat like half of a palm-sized portion of sweets a day. And it's just not that big of a deal. So let's talk about how I got there. So how did I do this? I am actually going to give you the strategy that I give my clients when they are trying to learn how to eat their favorite foods in moderation. And let me tell you something. This one strategy is what helped so many of my clients. A lot of them attribute this strategy to changing their relationship to food, helping them learn how to eat food in moderation, and realizing that they can reach and maintain a comfortable body weight while eating foods they love. Okay, are you ready? It's so simple. So here it is. Here's the strategy. You're going to include foods you love on a daily basis. Practice moderation on a daily basis and stay as present as you can while eating these foods on a daily basis. Now with the staying present part, we know this isn't gonna be perfect, we have ADHD, but the least we can do is try, right? (laughs) So let's break down what this looks like. And I just know any clients listening to this are gonna be like, you're giving away the secret! Because this is like, seriously, this is such a game changer, right? But I feel like more people deserve to know this and start practicing this strategy so that they can gain a healthier relationship with food, okay? So what I do is I have clients one or two times a day include a food that they love into their meal time or their snack time. So we usually start with what I call 
fear foods, right? And these are like the foods that you are kind of scared to eat because you either think that they're going to make you gain weight or they're the ones you pop you just can't stop type foods. Like you feel like you can't not overeat these foods, okay? So we usually start with those, but if this feels too scary, then you can totally work up to this, right? Or I would highly recommend working with a coach or a dietitian to do this. If it feels really, really scary, work with a professional, okay? So you're going to choose a portion of whatever this food is. So let's say it is, uh, okay, for me, one of them, which I actually have in my pantry right now, is those really soft sugar cookies that have the, the like soft, cloudy frosting on them. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You like get them at Walmart. Those, if I took one bite of those, I used to have to eat like five of them. And then all that sugar made me feel physically ill. So normally I would have eaten a bunch of those, right? But what you're going to do is you're going to, whatever the food is that you've chosen, you're going to choose a portion that is smaller than what your normal portion would be. So I have clients start with either a palm-sized portion of this food or half of a palm-sized portion of this food. So if you look at your palm without your fingers, about that size to like half of that size, okay? Depending on what it is and, you know, how much you normally eat and what you're ready for as well, right? If you normally eat five cookies every time you eat a cookie, then one of those whole cookies is a good stepping stone for you to try, right? And P.S., one cookie is like, is not going to make a difference in the grand scheme of things, but I do also understand that it's hard to conceptualize that in the beginning, and it was really hard for me. So if that feels scary, you know, I, I get it. Okay, so whatever, however much of this food you've chosen, you're going to eat this with a meal or a snack. And you're going to eat it and remove all distractions while you're eating this. So you can you can be distracted while you're eating the rest of the meal. I don't care about that, right? But whatever the food is that you've chosen that you crave and you think about all the time, pay attention while you're eating it. Love it. Enjoy it. If you've been thinking about this food and you think about it all the time, give it the love and attention while you're eating it that you have been giving it while you're craving it, right? We like lust over these foods and then when they're in front of us, we scarf them down super, super fast and then like they're gone before we know it and we weren't even paying attention, right? So pay attention to it, enjoy it, appreciate it, okay? And you're going to do this one or two times a day and literally that's it. That is the strategy. That is how you learn moderation. It is so insanely simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You have to keep practicing day in and day out and day in and day out and eating these foods that you before wouldn't allow yourself to eat because you didn't think that you could eat them in moderation, right? And guess what? You are, after you finish that portion, a lot of the time you're going to want to keep eating more afterwards because that is your habit, right? And guess what? Sometimes you will, especially in the beginning, you will continue to overeat these foods. I can almost guarantee that, right? And that's a part of the process. I don't want this to scare you away because this is actually a part of the process. You have to be willing to overeat these foods and make mistakes and not be perfect to learn and grow, right? We can't really grow from a place of perfection or being afraid to start because we don't want to be less than perfect. So literally, that is it. 
That's the whole strategy. All it is, is to one to two times a day, include in foods that you love or that you feel you have a hard time moderating into your meal or snack and pay attention to them while you're eating them and start practicing moderation. So simple, right? You probably thought it was going to be some crazy weird strategy, some weird quote unquote hack, right? But there are no hacks that can replace practice. It's just like riding a bike, right? You tried, you tried, you tried, you tried, you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed. And one day something clicked. And once that something clicked, it was really hard to go back to the old way of being, right? It was like, oh, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't even know how to get on a bike and not like not ride a bike, right? Like how to fall off because it's so ingrained in me now and I've been practicing, but you have to fail your way to success. So if you do this consistently and you try this strategy consistently, including these foods you love in your daily diet, I am willing to bet large sums of money that over time, moderation will become a habit that you can easily do without thinking about it. You'll be able to eat half a cookie and be done. And that's it. And be satisfied, actually satisfied. Okay. And again, you're going to have to try You're going to have to make sure that you're doing those other four cornerstones. You're eating enough. You're treating your ADHD, yada, yada. You're going to have to make sure you're doing those things first, but then you try this strategy. And I think that this will be wildly successful for you. Now I'm not promising perfection because I don't think perfection is necessary or even desirable to reach any goals, whether it's like you want your body to look a certain way or feel a certain way or whatever it is, your health, your energy, all that. You don't have to be perfect to achieve those goals you have in your head. But I've watched this practice change the relationships to food that so many women have, both women with ADHD and women without ADHD. And it's helped them lose weight if that's what they wanted to do. It's helped them enjoy eating again just because of this one strategy and repair their relationship with food and be able to eat foods they love in moderation. So there you have it. I gave you one of the biggest secrets to moderation that you could ever have. And I want to know, are you going to try it? Let me know if you are going to try it. If you listen to this and you enjoyed this episode, then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram. And if you want, tag me, Bright Light Chels. I'd love to hear when you guys are enjoying the podcast and that it's making a difference in your life. That is literally all the motivation I need to keep churning out more and more and more podcasts for you. So thank you so much for being here. And I am excited to come back with you guys next week for episode five of Vibrancy with ADHD. Bye.